we've been talking about this for several weeks. We've talked about the priority of one. We've talked about paying attention to the one God puts in front of us and, and that God's number one priority is relationship. It's, it's relationship. Let me expand that. God wants a community of people worldwide to be in relationship with him. That's, that's the kingdom. And if we don't understand that priority and we don't understand how Scripture supports that priority, it's easy to go off on our own with this novel belief and that novel belief. And, and then that becomes all we're centered around and we neglect about 99.9% of Scripture. And we get locked up in this little place. And this morning, I'm, I'm not going to teach on the kingdom. I'm just going to teach a little bit. And I'm not going to, guys, y- y'all going to have to hang, go with me on this. Because I'm going to skip uh, some of the stuff that I was going to share this morning. But we're gonna, we need to develop our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. We need to learn how to hear God and understand what he's saying. And see God and know what he's doing. Otherwise, we're blind and deaf. And we're wandering around in a realm where we can't do any good unless we know what God's doing. He has, he's put his spirit inside of us. He's gifted every one of us with an ability. If we know Jesus this morning, he's, given, he's gifted every one of us with an ability and a capacity to hear and see in our spirit what God is doing in the world around us. In other words, to cut through all the noise. There's noise all around us. What's going on in China? What's, what's the deal with this coronavirus? What's the deal in Washington? What, what, what's going on? Why all this noise and this hoopla for the last four years? What's going on? It's bigger than Republicans and Democrats, okay? It's spiritual in nature, but there are a handful of people that can see because they're looking and they're hearing. And God didn't put us here to have to be dependent on a talking head somewhere. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? I don't have to get my news from CNN and I don't have to get it from Fox either. I can, I can pay attention. I can, I, can, I can read and I can understand based on what I understand about Scripture. I, he's given me a capacity and He's given you a capacity to hear Him. And in the midst of the noise, if we will learn to hear Him, and in the, in the midst of the confusion, if we will learn to see Him, then we will know exactly what to do. How many of you realize you can have peace in the center of the hurricane? It can be hell out here, but it doesn't have to be hell in here. See, I have to invite hell into here. I have to let fear take up residence here if I panic. I can have that peace, and I can have that peace that surpasses all understanding. And so we have got to learn how to, how to see and how to, hear, how to hear. And so we're going to look this morning, we're going to talk about this a little bit, but it's, it's our inheritance. Listen, we have relegated... I don't know what the smallest percentage of 100% is, but we've relegated what we're supposed to do here to that smallest percent and everything else to the by and by in heaven. Now, there are some things, don't get me wrong, that God has for us that we won't walk into until we are with Him in His presence. 
But there are beyond amazing things that God has for us now that we're not going to get if we don't wake up and take hold of them. And a part of that comes from using our spiritual eyes and our, our spiritual ears. Uh, this is not a gift that's reserved for some elite core of, of scriptures, God's God squad. It's, it's not, it's for every part of it. It's our her- inheritance. And, 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 and it's, the thing is that you, that you have to develop this hearing that I'm talking about. You have to develop this eyesight. It comes to us in complete seed form. We get it with the package when we're born again, but it has to be developed. It's like spiritual gifts. They have to be developed. Uh, and, and so it's a capacity that's God-given, but it's, it, it's, it's a part of the package that, that because we're a son and a daughter of the king, but it's in seed form, and the abilities and the capabilities increase, but they only increase through our desire to use them and, 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 and take them in or through our experience. We have to actually use it. How many of you realize that if you don't use the muscles you have, you know what happens? You lose them. They atrophy. You want to know what atrophy looks like? Come see me after the service and I'll show you atrophy. But you know what? You don't know it. Because I determined I wasn't going to sit down and, and, and limp on crutches. I was going to walk. One of these days, I'm going to get a better left leg than I got. But until I get that, I'm going to keep walking. By the way, just so y'all know, I'm walking three, four, five miles a day. Okay? I just decide I'm going to be healthy. When I die, I'm going to go to heaven in as good a shape as I can. All right? I feel better. I'm not bragging, I just, but I do feel better. But I'm just saying, if you don't exercise your spiritual muscles, they atrophy. And then when you need them, there ain't nothing there. There's no strength there. And so we have to, we gain expertise in, in, in hearing God and seeing God. We grow in our ability when we use it, when we, when we actually try to listen. But most of us have never tapped into a place where we actually, on a regular basis, have heard God. Or see God. Listen, God speaks right here. If you want to, and I'll say this again in a few minutes, if you want to learn what God sounds like, read His words. It will give you the tenor of His voice. You'll at least know what He sounds like. Now, listen to me, and I, I don't, I mean no disrespect here. If you love the King James, read it. Just understand God doesn't speak. King James, okay? If you like New Living Translation, guess what? God may not speak New Living Translation. I use the New American Standard, but he's not limited to, but I know the tenor by what I read, okay? And so Jesus made this promise, and if you've been around here long enough, you've heard me quote this verse over and over and over. This verse messed my Christian life up. All right, I'm not kidding. I had my little Christian life in all these little boxes, compartments, whatever you want to call it. This is what God does. This is what God doesn't do. This is what I can do. This is what I can't do. This is what the church is supposed to do, blah, 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 blah. Then I read this verse in, in, in John chapter 12, 14, verse 12. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you. If you have a King James, it's amen, amen. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, 
Well, I believe in you. Well, then the works that I do shall he do. And greater works than these shall he do because I go to the Father. Now, I read that verse for years and years and years, and one day it was like a baseball bat that hit me right here. The works that you do, I can do? God, I don't see that happening. I wish I could do that. Well, Jesus didn't say, he who believes in me could wish that they do the works I do and greater works. He says, they shall do. And so I, I begin to dig into that. And you know what it says in the Greek language? Exactly what it says in the English language. And it means exactly what it says. Jesus intended us for us to continue the work that he did. He showed us how to do that work so that we would continue to do it the way he did it. Listen, there's nothing wrong with plans and programs, but if they're not Jesus' plan and Jesus' program, they can't do the job. If they could have, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. And so he, he's given us the ability. He's given you and I the same potential and capacity that he had. And so if I want to do, I will, let me just say this, and, and, and I want the greater things, but I'd be happy just to do the things he did, some of them. What if we begin to do those things? What if we begin to walk in that? Well, then if we do, if we're going to do that, you and I have to use the same potential and the same capacity that Jesus did. We have to learn to see past our experience. Experience is like a blindfold. This is all I know, therefore this is all I can do. That's not what Scripture says. Well, that's impossible. That, well, nothing is impossible with God. So it's not my, I got to look past my experience. I got to look past my negativity. I got to look past my, my unbelief. And, and here's one that most people don't like to admit, but we got to look past our own arrogance. I won't do it my way. God says, no, I want you to do it my way. And so we have to learn to see and to hear past those things. And we have to, we have to learn clearly to pick up the Lord's voice and to, and to hear His voice regardless of the noise around us. And, and you know what? You learn to do that. It's not when you're in the midst of the battle and, 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 and everything is crushing in on you that you learn to do it. No, you learn to do it before you get to that place. So that you know what to do when the battle comes, when the enemy uh, comes. But listen, we've got to learn to do that. We've got to learn to do that. God has placed us here to be change agents. Not a part of the problem. We are the change agents. And if, if we're going to change anything, then we've got to do it the way God do it, does it. So therefore, I don't know about you, but I need pinpoint guidance. I need precise directions. I'm not very good with unclear directions. Amen, Kenny? I'm not. I need, I got to have them, they got to be spelled out. Because if I, well, I'm just being honest, I'm not, it's not, it's not about Kathy. She knows this, okay? I just know that if I don't have them precise, I'll mess them up. Okay, I'm serious. And, and most of us are that way. 
If we don't have clear directions, we'll think about it and do it our way, which may or may not be the way that needs to be done. So we need precise directions. Guess what? Jesus left nothing to chance. When we came to him, guess what he did? He put his spirit in us. He put his spirit in us. He put his spirit in us for a lot of reasons. Pretty much the only reason most Christians are concerned about is is the Holy Spirit is the seal. And that guarantees that I'm going to get everything God's promised me. In other words, I'm going to heaven. That's pretty much what most Christians are worried about. Heaven. Heaven, heaven, heaven. Heaven's going to be awesome, okay? And, And please don't misunderstand me. I am, I got one eye looking for it. But I got another eye looking here. Heaven is, is, was never meant to be, it was meant to be the reward. It was meant to be the place where I've taken my journey and I've finally come to the king and I can, I can, I can experience him. But when Jesus came, he showed us we could experience him right here. That heaven, we, we sang about it this morning. When heaven kissed earth like a sloppy wet kiss, that's the kingdom of God. Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Which means that if you and I will learn to hear God and we will learn to see what God's doing, we can bring heaven into this situation or this circumstance, which means heaven comes. I don't have to wait till I get to heaven. I don't know if you realize it. How many of you have ever been somewhere that you've never been before? Did you know your way around? Was it like you expected it to be? Okay, that's what heaven's going to be like unless some of us get busy and start bringing it from here to here and showing it to people. We're all going to have to go to... I don't believe they're going to have GPS in heaven. You're going to have to understand where you're at and be able to read street signs and, and be able to get where you need to go because you just know it. But if we don't learn to do that... If we don't learn to hear God and to see God, when we get to heaven, we're going to have to go remedial class, okay? I don't know how long we'll have to stay. We'll have to learn. The journey here is important, folks. Think about this for just a minute. When you were born again, whenever that was, if that was two weeks ago or 75, 80 years ago, you got abundant life, And you got eternal life. In other words, your life, which gives you access to everything that God has, began at that moment. It doesn't begin when you get to heaven. That's just where the reward service is. Okay? We start accessing those rewards now. And we have the Spirit of God in us. Who knows the mind of God, who knows the heart of Jesus. Listen to what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we read this stuff and and it just goes right over our head. 
Jesus said this. He says this the night before he's crucified. So it is really, really important. He says this, but when he, who is he talking about there? He's talking about the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. In other words, he says there he's going to speak on what he hears, my, my things. But the key there is not that. That's where we tend to major. He's not going to speak on his own initiative. We want to explain away everything the Holy Spirit does, and that's a good, safe way to do it. The key here is what he will do. He will guide, and he will disclose. When he says he will guide, he means that he will act like a guide who will introduce a traveler into an unknown territory and and he will show that traveler how to navigate it. This is unknown territory where we're at. Okay? Now, you may know your way around, but you don't know your way through the spiritual terrain because you can't see it. Unless... You are seeing things with eyes that God will give us through the Spirit. You can't know, turn left, turn right. How many of you have ever used GPS? Most of you probably have. In 450 feet, turn right. What happens if you don't turn right? Recalculating. You know, that's what God will do. If we will just listen. And we will just pay attention. Jesus said this. All right, excuse me. Let me let me let me give you this definition. When he says he will disclose to you what is to come, what he's saying, he will announce and he will he'll pull back the curtain, he'll reveal, he'll give you the revelation you need to know what's going on in the kingdom ahead of you. Most of us don't even realize we're a part of the kingdom. We don't realize that, and so we don't know. We don't pay attention. Uh, and, and Jesus says, "Listen, I'm going to guide. He's going to guide you. He's going to disclose to you. In other words, I'm giving you somebody who will enable you to see what God's doing. It won't be a mystery to you. I'm giving you somebody who will who will uh, who will say to you what you need to do each day. Who will show you what you need to do each day. Not just not just." When you leave the church, but when you're at home, when you're in the workplace, when you're in the marketplace, when you're out in the neighborhood. He's going, pay attention. I'm going, to, I'm going to put someone in you who will guide you into the places you're not familiar with. And walk you through the places where you have never been or the situations you've never been in. Or the, or the, or the circumstances you've never been in. The places and the things the Father wishes you to go through so that you can accomplish His will in them. Jesus did that. If you, if you look at Scripture, He did that at every turn, in every occasion, at every moment. How? Because here's what Jesus says. Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing unless He sees the Father doing it. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son does in like manner. That's John five nineteen. Later in John chapter 5 and verse 30, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative. In other words... I don't choose to do anything. I choose to do what he tells me to do. What I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I don't seek my own will. I'm seeking the will of him who sent me. Jesus saw the Father working, and he heard the voice of the Father say, Do this, and everything else fell into place. Now just think about this with me for a minute. He didn't have to guess 
what the Father wanted him to do next. He didn't have to wonder, should I minister to this one, this one, this one? How many of you realize when there is a crowd of thousands around you, you can't minister to everybody? You have to pick, choose. Or you can let somebody else pick and choose. Or you can let the ones that can fight through the crowd and push their way to the front and elbow everybody else choose. Jesus chose to let the Father show him. He chose to let the Father speak to him. So what, what would happen is he would, he would hear God and he would see these things begin to manifest. This one, this one, this lame man right here. This beggar right here. Touch this one with your hand. No, no, I don't want you to touch this one with your hand. I want you to pick up some clay. I want you to spit in it. I want you to wet it. I want you to put it on his eyes. I want you to engage this woman in conversation. This one, I want you to ask for water. This one, I I don't want you to say anything to her. I want you just to let her touch you. Let her touch your robe. I want you to walk up to that woman right there in black. Well, this would have been my question. Which one, Lord? They're all wearing black. It's a funeral possession. That one right there. I want you to raise her son from the dead. Here's the question I love that Jesus never asks. Why? Why that one? Why not this one? He just says, yes, Father, I see. Okay. Bam, bam, bam. I want you to to step off the main street here in Jerusalem. (coughs) Son, open your eyes there. Here's here's the alley that goes back there. I want you to take a right here, a left that. And I want you to step through this gate. And inside this gate, son, you're going to see a little pool of water. And you're going to see a gazillion crippled, lame, messed up people. I want you to step over this one, over that one. See that one right up there? That's the one I want you to touch. And then when you've touched this one, I want you to step back out of here, step over that one, step over that one, and go your way. That was the ministry of Jesus Christ. So we have this mindset that it was fairy dust and waving his hands and all this kind of stuff. No, it was very precise and very particular. And it's because the Father was the one doing the work. Jesus just saw it and joined in. Jesus just heard and repeated what, he, what, what God said. And when, when that happened, all kinds of things took place. You and I can hear like that. You say, how do you know that? Because Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When we get a picture of the resurrected Lord in all his glory in the book of Revelation, he says this same thing seven times in two chapters of Scripture. By the way, seven is the number of completeness. It's the number of perfection. In other words, this is what God wants. He says this in in Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 and 11 and 17 and 29 and in in chapter 3, 6, 13 and 22 he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. One of my favorite stories in Scripture is about Elisha. I love Elijah and I love Elisha. I love Elisha because Elisha becomes Elijah's hand servant. 
He, he, he just, he, he washes his clothes. He cooks his food. He helps him take his bath. He brushes his hair. He, he's, a, he's a servant. In fact, when, he, when Elijah goes to heaven and Elisha catches the mantle and sees him go, God gives him a double portion of Elijah's unction, his anointing. And, and so Elisha begins to move out, and he, becomes, he ends up doing twice as much as Elijah did. But one of the kings, when they ask him, who is this guy? Oh, he's the guy that washes Elijah's hands. They don't even know his name. Oh, I just like that. He's just doing the stuff. He doesn't care if anybody knows his name. And near the end of, of the story of Elisha, he, is, he, is, he has gotten to that place where he can hear so, so clearly that he is actually hearing what the king of Aram, the Aramean king, is doing and what he's wanting to do. And, and he's actually hearing what's going on there. And so he's relaying it by a messenger to his own king. And so every time the Aramean king tries to do something, he thwarts it. How? He just listened to God. Um, listen to me. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could hear God speak so, so clearly today that you could go to some official and say, check this out. And they checked it out and it blew the lid off of the garbage that's being contained in our nation's capital. This side or that side. Well, we don't want the garbage off our lid. It might not work. Let me just tell you, when we get the garbage out of Washington, stuff will work again. That's just for what it's worth. But anyway, Elijah, Elisha. Elisha, he's hearing this. And so what happens is word gets back to the king of the Arameans that the prophet Elisha, he knows what you're saying in your own bedroom. So the king says, well, we need to go deal with this. And so he takes this huge army down, and they surround Elisha's house. And they're there for one reason, to get rid of him. And his servant is terrified, and rightly so. I think every one of us would be terrified. Here's what Elisha says, don't fear don't be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now that was very easy for Elisha to say. That was very hard for his servant to grasp. They were looking at the very same things except Elisha could see more than his servant could. I love what he does. He doesn't rebuke the servant. He doesn't beat on the servant. He just says, he prayed and said, Oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Listen to me. Those same chariots those same horses, those same angelic beings surround you and me if you know Jesus Christ. They are there. We just can't see them. We can't hear them. 
But there's a prayer here that's worth learning. Oh, Lord, open my eyes that I may see. Open my ears that I may hear. So how do we do this? There are some practical things, and I'm going to be very quick about this, and we're going to be done. First of all, you can't discern spiritual things unless the Holy Spirit lives within you. Okay, so if you're not a believer, you're not going to see these things. You have to come to that place where you surrender and you are born again. You are made a new creature. But one of the first things that should begin to happen when that takes place in a believer's life is we should learn to pray every time we wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit, I give everything to you today. I surrender. Open my eyes so I can see what the Father's doing. Open my ears so that I can hear you. Here's my day. You be my guide. Listen, if that prayer becomes your heart cry, you will start to see God move. You'll start to hear God speak. And all He's looking for is people that are available. The rest He'll take care of. Now, I'm going to share a couple of more steps. You're going to have to carve out some time every day Every day. I'm, you're not hearing me say how much because I'm not you. I don't know how much you need. There are people in here probably only need five good minutes because they make the most out of their, their time. Some of the rest of us, it takes us a lot longer. Some of us are slower, okay? Some of us are faster. Some of us are harder-headed. Some of us absorb things quickly. Some of us don't, Okay? God knows. But you're going to have to carve out some time every day. That may be early in the morning. But it may be at lunchtime. Or it may be late at night. How many of you are morning people? Okay. My wife is a morning person. Her eyes pop awake. And she's awake. I'm not. Never have been tell you all kinds of stories about it. I don't need to make life-changing decisions and I don't need to drive heavy equipment until about 10 o'clock in the morning. I wake up. Listen to me. I wake up every morning between 4.30 and 5, but I'm not awake. My eyes are open. I'm walking around. I'm drinking coffee, but that's not, that's not the rhythm of my body. There's a, there's a rhythm that we are all on. It's, a, it's called the circadian rhythm. And if you don't understand your rhythm... You don't understand how you function. And so if you don't function well early in the morning, maybe you need to carve some time out a little later in the day. My point is, now I grew up, and, and I respect this, that you, you need to give the best to the Lord, you need to give the first to the Lord. Well, my best and my first are not the same thing, okay? If it is for you, great. Okay, I'm just not being, I'm trying to get you to do this rather than give you a plan and a pattern that you need to use. This is something everybody needs to do. We need to carve out some time every day, which means we have to purposely pull apart from everything else and everybody else. And I need to invite God to join me. And then here's going to be the toughest thing. Then I have to quiet myself down. Got to turn the radio off. This thing has an off button on it. Turn it off. You say, well, I can't turn it off. Uh, yeah, you can. Turn it off. It'll turn back on. Turn it off. 
Because you're going to be amazed at how hard it is for you to sit in silence. I'm talking about so quiet, you don't hear anything. Whenever I've got my wristwatch, I can hold it to my ear. I can't hear anything. I've, I've never heard, I've, I've, it's been a long time since I've heard a watch when I hold it to my ear. I can go in the restroom, my bathroom. I can't do it anywhere else at home, but I can go in my bathroom, shut the door, and all of a sudden, I think water's dripping. Now, I spent 40 years plumbing. When I hear water, I'm like this. I spent an, almost an hour one day in there trying to find it. Guess what it was? It was my watch. I never hear it, ever, except I'm in that bathroom with the door closed. And every time I hear it, I think it's water dripping. You have to get quiet. You have to find a place where it's quiet. And then you have to steal yourself. Listen, most of us run 12 to 18 hours a day, and when we're through running, we collapse. It may be in the recliner, on the couch, or in the bed. You're going to have to shut the noise off around you yourself. Okay? And if you will get still and you will get quiet, you will begin to hear things that you've never heard before. It's going to take some, some discipline, okay? It, it, it's going to mean I just have to, I have to continue to draw inward and inward and inward. And I have, to, I have to pull away from that. You know what? When you learn to do it, you could do it in a football stadium with 100,000 people. I'm just telling you, once you learn to do it, you say, how? Now, so how do I do that? Find you a quiet place and just quiet yourself down. Begin to breathe in and out. Certain rhythm? No, just good deep breaths, just quietly. And just everything that wants to come into your mind, you just push back out. And you just focus on God. Open your Bible. Take your Bible with you. Ask God to speak to you. Start in one of the Gospels. I would recommend. Don't start in Leviticus and Numbers. Okay? Just trust me on that one. Start in the Gospels. Read a a, a verse. Read a half a verse. Read a paragraph. It's not about the amount that you read. Okay? Not in this time. Just read it, and it, it's, it's the truth of God that He wants to communicate to you. And if you learn, I said this earlier, if you learn the tenor of God's voice and, and what interests God and what God is passionate about and what God requires and what God forbids, then when you hear Him speak outside this book in your spirit, you'll know it's His voice. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people, how do you know it's His voice? Listen, when you hear him speak, you'll know it's his voice. He doesn't sound like you, and he never sounds like the enemy. If you feel guilt and shame and condemnation or fear, it's the devil. Okay? That's not God. And when you hear that, you have to shut that down. In Jesus' name, shut up. Now, if that bothers you, just be muzzled. That's what Jesus said, be muzzled. That's literally what he said. Be muzzled. Be quiet in Jesus' name. If you'll do that, he'll shut up. 
When you believe that you have that authority and you begin to use it, he knows you have that authority and he'll be quiet. And all of a sudden, those things will cease. They'll fall by the wayside. And, and all of a sudden, you'll be able to hear the voice of God. Take you a notebook with you, a piece of paper, a, a, a flip pad, a journal, and take you a pen. And as you're, as, you're, as you're walking through that passage of Scripture or, or you're in there listening and you hear something or you see something, write it down. Write down the lesson that God's trying to teach. You may not understand it. You may just keep seeing this word come off the page or you may just keep hearing this word. You may keep, the story may just keep vibrating in your mind and reverberating it. Write it, write down some details. If you get some instructions, if there's a rule there, that you, you need to follow, or there's, a, there's something that God's prohibited, or there's something that God, a promise that He's given, write it down. And then as you go through your day, ask the Holy Spirit to disclose it. You remember that word a while ago? He will disclose to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to show, Holy Spirit, show me what God's saying here. What does He mean here? And then just spend a few minutes talking about your day with God. Most of us, by the time we spend enough time to do what I've already said, are worn out from talking. And I haven't asked you to, to say a word yet. All of this is, I'm listening to God, I'm being quiet. But now I get to a chance where I just, I talk to God. And I make that decision that regardless of what you tell me to do today, I'm going to do it. I just, I make that, that, that becomes a decision of my life for the day. You remember what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. In other words, I, I put it in language I can understand. If you love me, you'll do what I say. So I've, I've come to that place. I've quieted myself down. I begin to hear God speak out of His Word. There's some things that I just I keep grabbing. They just keep coming off the page or I keep hearing it in my mind. I'm beginning to hear things that maybe I've never heard before as clearly as I'm hearing. I've written them down. Now I've asked the Holy Spirit to, to guide me for the day and show me what these things mean. And, I, and I, I, I've, I've, I've done that now before you leave. See, don't rush in and rush out. Because it's in those lingering last few moments that a lot of times God shows up. I don't know if y'all know it or not. He shows up here sometimes at the end of the service. After everybody is beginning to leave. And before the worship team quit, quits worshiping. Sometimes He shows up in a really incredible way. Worship a little. I want you to listen to me here for a minute. Worship is far more than singing. Okay? Some of us just don't sing well. Okay? And I say some of us because I just don't sing well. Now, I know some of you think I do. I, I appreciate your encouragement. But I'm a realist as well as a... As, I'm not a... I'm, you know, I'm a realist. But it's not all about singing. Worship is the overflow of a heart that gives God the praise He deserves. That's what worship is. It's a demonstration of your love for who God is. 
Now that may mean you sing. When, when I'm in this, this place here, I sing. But I'm not leading anybody. I'm just singing to God. Sometimes I don't sing. There's other things that I do. But, but you may not, singing may not be your thing. You may love to listen to somebody else. You may, you may have some worship music that, that just makes you jump and, and, and just, it just expresses your heart. It, it, it may be, God forbid, it may be that you just do a little two-step. You know, you, you do some spinning and throwing your hands up. There's nobody around. I'm like, this is not on Main Street. This is in, this is what a lot of people would call their prayer closet, wherever that's at. It may be in the backyard on the deck with a cup of coffee. It may be you're walking and, and this is where it takes place. I don't know. But it, it might be, it may be, it may be unrestrained dance. It may just be quiet contemplation of the beauty of God all around you. You may be a sketcher or a drawer, an artist. And you, you, you may have, you, you need to take your pad in there. And, and when you begin to worship, you may cut loose and you may, it, it may be art. It, that may be how you express yourself. You may play an instrument, and, and you're playing that instrument. You might be a writer, and you like to descript, descriptively write what God is doing, or you may have poetic gifts, and, you, and so you write, you write some poetry. I don't know how you're made, okay? But I know this, if you will surrender yourself to God in that moment, in a few moments each day, He will awaken your mode and your method of genuine worship. He'll turn you loose. I can envision a church where somebody with, with, a, with an art gift draws during the worship service or, or paints. I, I, can, I can envision a church where you've got some clapping, you've got some dancing. I can envision a, 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 a church where, where some people are contemplation. They're, they're here, but they're, they're already in heaven a million miles away in their mind and their worship. You see, we, that's why I don't tell you how to worship. That's why I don't tell you I want everybody to stand up and clap your hands or I want everybody to lift your hands because some of you are not hand lifters. Some of you, you could be, but you're not, okay? Some of you are not hand clappers. You could be, but you're not. That's just not the way God made you. So I've got to figure out how I'm made so that I can express, I can bring my offering and offer it every time I come before Him, not just on Sunday. Listen, the reason we have a hard time worshiping on Sunday is because we hadn't practiced all week. We're not confident. Get confident this week in your prayer closet in how you worship and bring it with you. You say, well, mine may not be like everybody else's. God loves all kinds of stuff. He doesn't like uniformity. He likes unity. And when unity and diversity comes together, you have a symphony. And that's what praise is. And you know where you learn that? By yourself, in your quiet place, learning to hear God speak, and learning to see what God's put before you. Listen, when God begins to speak to you, not not if, when. If you do these things, you will hear Him speak. When He begins to speak to you, then you need to act on whatever He tells you regardless of how you think it will look or sound. Okay? 
Don't allow the enemy to steal what God is saying through fear or embarrassment or pride. Pride will keep you from some of the most beautiful things that you can imagine. Because you're too proud to bend your knees by your head and just obey. Listen, if it, there's not many people superstars, okay? The reality of it is, there's not many people watching us. There are some, but I don't have to worry about them if I do something embarrassing because they're not watching that. Forget about what everybody else is doing. Just step out. And you know what God will do? He will honor your obedience. He will honor your, your stumbling and your bumbling. You say, well, I don't know what to say. Well, then just say whatever it is God is telling you to say. And you say, well, man, I, I, blah, 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 blah. You know what? God can use stammering to get His will done as long as you'll give that stammering some breath. God can give a limp can use a limp to get his, his things done if you'll just limp with all your gusto. You say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Then do what you can to his glory and he'll use it. Listen, I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. Most of the time when God asks you to do something and you hear him say it and you know that it's God, you don't have to guess, you know it's God. It won't be convenient It'll be at the moment when it's the most stressful, when you have the least time, uh, when the deadline is just, it's just, you know, it's just like this on top of you. But you know what? God created time. God can stop time. And you do what He says, and God can regroup the time or restart the time. You say, well, how does that work? I don't know how it works. I just have seen it happen. The sun didn't stop in the sky for me either. I'm just saying, what I thought was fixing to be the end of it all, I did what he said, and it wasn't. And there was time to do what everything I needed. It's not going to be convenient. It's not going to usually be easy. We've got this idea that if it's not easy, then, you know, I don't know if I want to do it. Sometimes things are hard. It, it's not... It's not always economical. It always has a cost. Sometimes not in money. Sometimes it costs my reputation. You know what? The only person that exists that I ought to be worried about caring what they think about me is God. Nobody else's assessment of my reputation really matters. Okay? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I, you understand what I'm saying? There's one that I'm here to please. I can't please everybody. I can't even please most of the people some of the time. But you know what? I can make it my, my goal and my endeavor to please God all the time. And so when he tells me to do something, if I will just do it, if you will just do it, then guess what? He'll take care of the reputation stuff. Obedience is the key. It's the key. It's far more important to carry a reputation into the spiritual realm than it is to have one here in the physical realm. I would much rather be known by the kingdom of darkness as a man of God than to be known as this or this or this or this in my culture. Listen, you will never hear God speak till you make a decision to listen. 
You will never see God at work until you open your eyes and take your eyes off your problems and refocus those eyes on what's going around, on around you. But listen, when you do, when you begin to do this on a, a consistent basis, you will see the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God come in a multitude of ways. You will see it happen in just everyday things. What will happen is miraculous things will become normal in your sphere of influence. Because that's how we're supposed to live. That's a normal Christian life. We think that, that, that the miraculous and, and all of those things that Jesus did, are, are, they are supernatural, but we think that's, that's beyond normal. That's extreme. No, that's the normal way Christians were, were called to live. We're supposed to carry His presence and His power with us. And what happens is you'll begin to see it come in a multitude of ways. And you know what God will do? He will use you. And He will use me. He will use us to bring forth His purpose one person at a time. What I'm talking about is is learning how to hear what God's doing now. I don't have to worry about yesterday. And I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Because I'm not there and I'm not here yet. I'm here. So if I worry about what He wants to do Right now, he'll get me there. He'll take care of that. Okay? For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.